Hi, and welcome to episode 201 of No Crying in Baseball, the Oh Miggy episode. My <laughs> name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Muck, who I hope is going to sing right now. Yeah. Oh, oh Miggy, you're, you're so, so pretty. You're so fun. You blew my mind. Oh, oh Miggy. Miggy. Hey, hey. Oh, oh Miggy. <laughs> wow. Yes, we're dated. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. I'm happy to be here. This is this is a, I'm having a lovely day. I'm having a good weekend. I actually had friends outside at my house this weekend. I'm going to have more friends outside at my house this weekend again after we record, and it just feels nice. Yeah, yeah. My my weekend is being, um, I guess, the the buzz killed by the fact that I go. I've been back at work, but tomorrow's the first day at a school. I teach high school, or I used to teach high school, but now I'm program managing at a new school, and tomorrow's my first day with the full Do you still need staff. to be incognito if you have a different job and you're not a teacher anymore? I think very much so. Okay. I'm still in the school system. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I so. call you potty mouth even on our off hours, so that's yeah. easy enough. <laughs> it works. It works. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still incognito, and I will be working tomorrow bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with a whole bunch of new new uh, colleagues, but here I am drinking and recording a podcast because it's a fun thing to do on a Sunday afternoon. It sure is. It sure is. How, so, like, what, what's been happening in your world? In my world? Uh, that's a really good question. It's this, this work thing, a lot of, like, prep work thing. But I do distract myself with social media on occasion. And and I think it's it's really fun that we have friends out there. And I just wanted to, to say hi to Meredith because when we when – we, um, talked last week. I think she she picked it up on the podcast that we were talking about going to visit the Reds. And she's got like a whole agenda for us. So we've got to make really? this happen. Okay. Like not just visiting the Reds, but a whole bunch of minor league stuff. And she's all game to like hang out at the ballpark with us. So. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. I, I love these sort of like Twitter meetup things that happen because, totally. you know, it's not weird. It's not weird. We know everything about you, right? right. We're, not, we're not afraid <laughs> to meet you in a public place. And and we've had like fun meetups. So if anybody else wants to invite us to their to their ballpark, please go right ahead. Our our friend Ollie of the QHAR trademark fame is actually gonna be in town in October and I I have a hunch that the Nats and the Orioles are not going to be, <laughs> playing, have be still playing in October at that point. So we're going to have to meet up with Ollie at, at a very fine baseball bar somewhere. I think that's a good idea. So yeah, baseball. so not just please invite us to your ballpark, but if you're in town, right. um, where you can come to our all bar our ballpark or nearby, please let us know because we love to meet our imaginary friends. Yes, you guys are real. We know you're out there. On today's show, we have a freaking boy band with our boyfriends today with Joey, Tristan, Christian, Ryan, Jake, and Joe. I love their stuff. We've got Chipotle for everybody. Our police blotter includes putting the Bauer decision into some perspective and the baseball rule, all capitalized. We've got the Little League World Series and international baseball. Woohoo! Lots of stuff. And I, the, the baseball news that I'm most excited about at this moment in time, which of hey, course Mickey. is going to be hey, old by the time you guys hear it in a couple days, but... I am so appreciative that Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th home run before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, we really do often miss a scoop by recording yep. on a Sunday afternoon. Yep, and actually hold that thought because that exactly happened to us last week. But Miggy <laughs> hit 500 this afternoon. We've all been waiting. He didn't do it in Detroit. People in Detroit had been waiting through that homestand. Yeah. But he got it done in Toronto. And he is only, I, I just think this number is amazing, the 28th player in history to do that. 
There's like 20,000 players, I believe. That's like the ballpark number, so to speak. Oh, ballpark number. I like that. Yeah, there's so many, and hardly any of them have that kind of staying power where they're going to get to those numbers. So it really is very special. And he is the very first Venezuelan. And so I texted my friend Alberto from Venezuela, who immediately texted me back, you know he's the first Venezuelan. I was like, I know that. That's why. We always talk about Miguel Cabrera, but yay. And he's the first one to do it as a tiger. Now, I don't know. I think most of them came as a tiger. 300-something. I didn't take notes on that. But um, but getting it done while he's a tiger. He's not actually the tiger with the most home runs because of that. And again, I oh, take shitty math, notes. Math. math. But but the notes that I did take, because this is very important to me personally, is that this is the first person to hit 500 since Big Poppy Ortiz in 2015, which I remember that well. He's got another big milestone to come, 3,000 hits, and he only has 45 to go. So I think that's doable, even though he's getting up there. But they have 36 games left this season. It's going to so, be tight. It's doable, but it's tight. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, that would be so much fun if he actually pulls But he's pulls so fine. Off. He blows my mind. Hey, Maggie. Yeah. Hey, hey. Um, hey, so Tristan McKenzie, who is part of my Guardian's pitching squad, who has disappointed me because every freaking buddy went on the IL. I was so pumped for having Shane Bieber and Savale and Plisak and all of these guys and Tristan McKenzie on my squad. I was going to clean up in our um, in our fantasy league. And then um, three of those guys went on the IL and Tristan McKenzie tanked for a little while. So he got sent down. He's back. Oh, wow. He's back with a vengeance. I mentioned last week that he took a perfect game into the eighth inning last right. Saturday. So this past Saturday, he got a standing ovation when he left the game against the Angels um, after the, for getting, I guess, he, put, he pitched into the eighth. I guess he got one out into the eighth because he struck Otani out swinging three times. Swinging, wow. Swinging three times. He said he felt bad for Otani because he wasn't <laughs> he, he wasn't throwing that tricky stuff to, or that nasty stuff. I can't remember, was it to everybody else, but just to Otani. But he got him. Wow, Over the yeah. last two starts, he pitched 15 innings. He only let up one run, three hits, and one walk in those 15 innings. So the guy that I picked because of his amazing start last year is back. It's a little late, but you know what? Welcome to the party, mm-hmm. Tristan McKenzie. And I also appreciate his attention to QHAR, to quality hair above replacement, because, you know, oftentimes when, when pitchers get a standing ovation or a curtain call, they come out and they wave their cap. He said, I, I didn't take my cap off because if my hat fell off, my hair was going to look bad. And then, <laughs> and they probably would have all laughed at me. So extra That's credit awesome. points for attention to QHAR. So speaking of players actually being concerned about their appearances, Joey Votto, I have like I have two connections with him for things that we have just said, right? So the first thing is the missing the scoop because we talked about him last week or I talked about him last week. He's a baseball boyfriend and talk about missing the scoop. We talk about baseball boyfriends. Anybody joining us for the first time, these are the guys that Patty and I pick in the off season, one guy per team because they're cool beyond the field. And Qhar sometimes has a uh, a little bit of a saying in that. But Joey Votto is the guy that I had picked our first season with the Reds. And I talked about him last week. And then right afterwards, the day after, he got his 2,000th hit. So that was a little bit of uh, our timing sucks. So we're dropping the show last week. 
after that happened, even though we hadn't talked about it. Um, he's only the fifth red in history to have done that, of course. And of course, if you had asked me who else had, I would have said Johnny Bench and, and Pete Rose, but as well as Dave Concepcion and Pete Larkin. And his interview afterwards, so here's the next connection with like worrying about how you look. He said, I was really happy with the 2000th hit because before the at-bat, I wanted to make sure my uniform looked good, my socks looked good. I made sure that way if there's a highlight, at least I look my best. I love him so much. Watching him talk is is just awesome. He's just such a normal-looking, nice guy, very I get Canadian. Yeah, he's the the second most hits for a Canadian at this point after Larry Walker with 2160. So I think that is a record he is going to beat. But the important part here is the Abigail effect. And we talked about Abigail, uh, and I wish I'd written down the day and date. It was a while ago. And this is the little girl, uh, six years old, who Joey Votto's her favorite player, and she came all excited to see him. And it was the game that he, un, like, just not like him, got ejected after the first inning. Yes, super fast, right? And she burst into tears. And because of that, she got a, not only apology, but apology on a baseball signed by Joey Votto. And they hooked them up with tickets the next day. And basically, she got more and than... that. they met. They yeah, met, too. Yeah. He made sure he, he like gave her those things directly and introduced himself. And they had that connection in person. Yeah. And, and a beautiful, like... Twitter picture of her like looking so adorably excited yeah. with his face right behind her. But since that, his stats have improved measurably. So the first 41 games of the season, his slash line was 234, 327, 441, with eight home runs and 29 runs batted in. Now, since then, he's played 52 games with a 316 average and then 407 674 to finish the slash line with 19 home runs 50 RBIs so i think uh just knowing that that 6 year old kid like had so much you know adoration for him i i think it reminds you like i mean you know you're playing a game mm-hmm. that your job is playing a game but to be reminded of how important that is yeah. to people you may not even know I think that matters. Yeah. I think that might inspire some people, some players. Such a good guy. And so, of course, like now people are talking about, is he in the MVP race for this year? It's been a while. He got it before. And uh, and I wrote it down here somewhere. 2010. So it's it's he's due for another one. And, and definitely he's being talked about for Hall of Fame. And there sure. are people, you know, talking about old rules and new rules. But in... April, he, he hit a lot of milestones this year. He got his 300th home run in April. He got his 1,000th RBI in June, and now 2,000 hits in August. And another, like that interview, you just got to see because another super cute part is where they ask him about his first hit and the, the baseball, and he gave it to his dog to no. chew up. And then he talks about, he said, you know, the ball doesn't exist anymore because the dog chewed it up. And then he immediately knew that, like, the the pet-loving people were going to get on him. He's like, I, I didn't do it on purpose. Like, I'm not feeding baseballs to dogs. I know it's bad for them. Because he also said, well, you know, if the dog was still alive, the dog died, I think, last year or the year before, um, maybe I would have given him my 2000th. And then he took it back. He's like, no, no, no. It wouldn't have been good for him. <laughs> so he, he said he cared for his dog very much. So he's a good guy, a good dog owner, and now a 2000 hit hitter. That's crazy. He was a stellar boyfriend pick. Yeah. An absolutely stellar boyfriend pick. So 
as Potty Mouth said, we pick a different guy for each team every season. So we have profiled lots and lots of boyfriends, but we are allowed to keep, want to hold over one guy every year. And I've been holding over Christian Yelich, who had been slumping. He was injured for a while, bad back slumping. Well, he has kicked it into gear, as have the Brewers, who are number one in, you know, in their division by like seven and a half games. Um, it's really quite stunning how well the Brewers have been doing, kind of coming from nowhere. Um, and Christian Yelich had over like 145 plate appearances, had only one home run until yesterday playing the, the, the Nats. Oh, sorry, the Nats. But he had a six RBI day, including um, a first pitch solo home run and a grand slam. Wow, so, I missed that game. So welcome back, my um, my forever boyfriend, Christian Yelich. And it was also his um, his last multi-homer game was two years ago in D.C. Interesting. So there's that. But um, yeah, he was um, you know MVP a couple years ago. I really like him as a human. He does a lot of philanthropy. He seems to be a good guy. But he was in a slump, but I stuck with him. And look, now he's back beating the hell out of my home team. Wow. Although I think, th didn't the Nats win the game before that? They won the first game, okay. and they lost the second one. And the third one is still in progress as hmm. we are recording. So no information there. Hey, so just want to tell you that Ryan Mountcastle, who was my early um, season pick for Rookie of the Year, is on a 13-game hitting streak, Ooh. which is the longest active streak in MLB. And his 20 home runs have him only behind Vladdy Jr., Tatis Jr., Austin Riley, and, and uh, Rafael Devers for the under-25s since May 7th. So he's doing yeah. all right. And my um, Rookie of the Year pick for next year and my boyfriend pick for <laughs> next year for the O's, Adley Rutschman, hit his first AAA home run this past week. Oh. So watch out. I give him a week or two till he gets the call up. Wow. Do you know what day he did? Because his bobblehead day was yesterday or the day before with the Delmarva Shorebirds. Like, that would be pretty cosmic. Yeah, if he it hit was it like on. Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. So, um, Jay Cronenworth, who is my Padres boyfriend. So, the Padres have been on a little bit of a skid, even though they were, like, killing it the whole beginning yeah. of the season. They're kind of having a rough time right now. And they were having a super rough time last night against the Phillies. And the, the situation for the Padres is they're just just it's a nail biter to try to stay in the the playoff race and they had been tied with um with the reds the aforementioned reds for mm. the second wild card oh, spot like so just shit. barely hanging on and last night um in the ninth inning with two outs they were losing to the phillies and jake cronenworth um with two outs came up and hit a two-run home run to tie up the game which wow. san diego then walked off walked it off in the 10th inning on a wild pitch. So they, as of this moment, before all those games are played, remain tied with the Reds. So he was a little bit of a hero, and that was very exciting. And the Padres had been saying they really just need, like, one really impactful, one really exciting swing to change, like, their momentum. And maybe this was it. Maybe uh -huh. not, but maybe it was. You know, if this propels them forward and inspires them to greatness, yay, Jake. And I needed to apologize to Joe Adele, who I picked as my Angels boyfriend, who I completely freaking missed his call up three weeks ago. Oops. Oops. I understand. Yeah. So um, just so you know, it. on his debut this year, he went three for four, two doubles, three wow. RBI, and a stolen base. And I missed all of that because I had been ignoring the Angels. But I'm sorry, Joe, and welcome. Welcome. But also, like, huge affirmation for your baseball boyfriend yeah. pick. Like, way to yeah. go. Yeah, and his um, defense is super sexy right now, which is one of the things that he had to work on in the minors, and he did. And wow. so he's been making some super great outfield catches. 
Well, while we're like applauding folks, I want to give my, you know, continued support and appreciation to adopt a minor league player. Oh, yeah. He's been working his butt off recently with these Chipotle card campaigns for various minor league teams. And it's just kind of amazing. And it's a great thing because guys need, you need to grab a bite at some point. Like they, these guys don't always have the time to be cooking for themselves. And we know that their living conditions are super stressed out. So overall, I think Chipotle gift cards is a, is a pretty decent thing. It's a healthy meal. Yeah, and actually, and, and so just to give a little more detail about that, what he's doing is he picks like a a team or like a, a minor league like franchise like for a team. Yeah. He says we are gonna right now we're gonna raise fifteen hundred dollars or whatever it is to buy gift cards for this team or these couple of teams in the minor league system for this particular major league team. And he's been doing that one at a time. Yeah, and so he he tags a lot of people who have big Twitter accounts and also some players who have been friendly to him. And once in a while they reply. But the the most impressive one I've got to say is from Gabriel Klobisitz. Did I say that right? You did. All right, Nat's relief pitcher, and I saw him pitching before I heard about this, and he, and and it was when um, adopted minor league player said, you know, we're we're almost done with this. The next one we're going to be sponsoring is the Nats. I think it was AAA, and Gabe came on and said, no fundraising will be needed. I will cover the funds needed for these guys. And then the coolest part is, you know, him reflecting. He said, it wasn't long ago when I was in the same boat and this organization helped when times were tough. Also to be noted, the Nats are top notch when it comes to helping their players. Let's go Nats. So that was really good to hear. But just to see a guy come forward and again, like, you know, with stuff with like adopt a minor league player. You know, the understanding is that MLB should be doing its job in taking care of these guys. So right. this is definitely a stopgap. And it, and I applaud players and organizations that come come up to, to, to sort of, you know, fill this void. It sucks that MLB is not doing it. So I feel like, you know, I don't quite want to say every major league player should do something like Gabe because mlb should be doing it but it's really wonderful that there are players like him and also michael watcha from the rays apparently did something similar with supporting the montgomery biscuits yes i'm, I'm hoping that this this is a a thing where where players will be able to step in mm-hmm. so it's not just you know fans throwing in five bucks here and there but right. it's players who who have lived through it and this is a, a sea change because it was not more than a couple years ago when you had mlb players saying well I had to do it, and right. it just, you know, oh, you know, it just made me stronger, or whatever crap that is. It's like, so why shouldn't you have to suffer, too? And that's that song is changing, Yeah, and I, I really so. appreciate it. So thank you, Gabe, and thank you, Michael, because you're doing good work. And come on, MLB, just freaking step up. Yep. And have a swig of beer, because police blotter time. Yeah, you know, I'm wondering if I should open this other one. Um, I, I, I can't make that judgment call for you. I still have half a beer. <laughs> Um, you do what right, you do. I, you. I'm going to wait until you need another half a beer because I'll split this one with you. Oh my. We, we have a, quite a drinking night ahead of us. We, we do. <laughs> we do. This is just the training portion. Right. This is the training portion. And the, the worst part is we're switching to cocktails, which is going to be ugly. It'll be fun. It'll be yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you don't live under a rock, if you live anywhere where you have access to, say, social media, you know that there was a big decision made around the Trevor Bauer domestic abuse. All right, I'm going to open Yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> Fuck it. That's why I was speaking so slowly. Right. I wanted to see if that was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of uh, a lot of people are blowing this 
out of proportion. Mm, this is tough. There's, it's bad. It's He did horrible things, but the decision is very specific, and I don't think the decision is as bad as a lot of people think it is. Meaning, meaning that the decision doesn't prove him not. Yeah, so, so not an asshole. Yeah, so right. So let me let me get there. So first, I want to give you an assignment. If you have not yet read Cheryl Ring's piece called "Why Trevor Bauer Won the Hearing but Lost Anyway," please do. Clearly, we're going to link to this because this lays it out very clearly. I'm going to kind of go yeah. through some of the points here, um, but there's a lot more detail in Cheryl Ring's piece, which is really very well done. Okay. So this court decision was only about one thing. It was whether to grant an ongoing restraining order. Right. So that Trevor Bauer couldn't go near his accuser again. And that is based on does he pose a future threat to her? It is not at all reflective of what has already happened. It is basically going forward it, does he continue to be a threat? So the fact that he won that decision only means that the court doesn't think he's going to be a future threat to his accuser. That's all. Here are all the parts to that. No, here are some of the parts to that, because all the parts require way more beer than we have or have time to have. Uh, we have a lot of beer. Oh, well, <laughs> all right. Okay, so number one, I've actually been to court and witnessed a hearing about a restraining order, and it took about 20 minutes. This hearing took four days. Yeah. And in those four days, the accuser was dragged through the mud. Yeah. Um, a lot of things were said that maybe shouldn't have been said on Trevor Bauer's side because they're going to bite him in the butt. I like hope in so. minutes. I hope so too. So here's the thing. The decision was based on, one of the things it was based on was called assumption of risk, which basically said that if you agreed to have sex with Trevor Bauer, you understand that this is going to be dangerous and you are assuming this risk. <laughs> right. Okay, so what does that say? Right. Okay, so that's a thing that basically the court has stipulated that having sex with this man is going to be a danger to you. And if you do, you are assuming the risk. Okay, so... Th Think about that. Yeah. Let, let that let that marinate in your brain just a little bit. His his attorney, not her attorney, Trevor Bauer's attorney said he choked the victim until she became unconscious and then punched her. There were a lot more details of what he did. You can yeah. find that online if you need any more details. But the fact is, his defense attorney said yes, he did these things. No no denying that he actually took those actions right. okay so here's where that's gonna be a problem for trevor bauer there are open criminal cases the the pasadena police are investigating this is an open criminal case in the state of california as we mentioned last week there's an open case in the state of ohio from another woman who asked for a restraining order who had very similar mm -hmm. um experiences as the woman has as his as his victim in in california this doesn't preclude civil cases because civil cases refer to past actions, right? This restraining right. order was about future danger. No one thinks these two are ever going to be anywhere near each other again, which right. is probably true. But 
you can she can still sue for damages for the experience that already happened in the past. So that's still open. And he has stipulated the fact that he did these things. Right. That's the fucking crazy part. Right? Right? Also, there is still the MLB investigation, which is open. And in fact, they have extended his administrative leave for the sixth time while this investigation is underway. This this one goes to on the 27th, I think, of August. He is getting paid during administrative leave. Um, suspension or leave without pay would happen after there are there's a decision made in this, which I got to believe is going to happen, right? So MLB has the first shot at imposing consequences Ooh. on him. And then if MLB does not act, the Dodgers are then able to act. The Dodgers are staying out of it right now, which is probably the right thing. And by staying out of it, they are saying nothing, and including, as you've pointed out, no one's come in his defense. Right. Right. So they're just like, okay, you guys do your stuff. We'll step in when we need to step in. So... Sally Jenkins in the Washington Post had an opinion piece that said, you know, Manfred can also refer Trevor Bauer to psychological evaluation and counseling, and he should make that mandatory. Like, if you ever want to pitch again, which I don't see happening ever, you need to do this first. And Manfred can do that as part of his purview and, um, you know, with, with, uh, with MLB enforcing their domestic abuse policy, which they have been actually very good about doing in the past. Yeah, I just, I can't envision him pitching again no. because, uh, because of exactly what you said, that they're on the record of what he did and who, there are a lot of really, I mean, you know, as much as we, we harp on the guys that um, have been, other guys that have been accused of harassment and assault and things like that, there are a lot of really wonderful guys read baseball boyfriends above in major league baseball who are not going to put up with playing with an asshole like this they just aren't and i think their number i hope to god is much bigger than the asshole number and how is he going to be able to go into a clubhouse i just i can't see it happening no no not at all um and in the um in the cheryl ring piece she actually quotes the piece of the domestic violence policy, which states that um, actions that are taken when your sexual partner is unconscious is against this policy. And they have testified in court that he did these things. So it's really a no-brainer at this point. He has got to be out. He has got to be out. Um, Sally Jenkins, I think, said that if they give him a two-year suspension, that would knock out the term of his contract with the Dodgers, which would be good, and then no one's ever going to hire him again. So um, that that could... could, tie a bow around this but don't believe the people who said trevor bauer won anything absolutely only one was i i'm allowed to be near this person who i abused when she was unconscious yeah and even cheryl ring put out there that she thinks that this decision is appealable and that there's grounds so yeah there's that there's that um other part of um of the police blotter today is a little less appalling. Oh, um, don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is about the baseball rule. Um, remember netting? Remember when we talked about netting a lot for a while? That's a good thing. Yeah. So um, MLB said, hey, we recommend that all the teams extend their netting all the way to the foul poles because we need to protect our fans. Well, six teams did that out of 30. Six teams went all the way to the foul pole. Really? That's it? Five more went pretty deep into foul territory. Now, most ballparks have these elbows that, like, there's a straight shot to the foul pole, but then the seats angle away from the field. Mm -hmm. 
they call that the elbow. So they're not in that straight line anymore. And so some of them go just to that elbow, 17 of them go to that part. Okay. Um, two of them, um, so be careful when we go see the Reds because the Great American Ballpark and actually Tropicana still only go just past the dugouts. Ooh. Yeah, because right. it was a recommendation. It wasn't a requirement. So don't worry. We sit in the cheap seats. We'll be fine. Okay. Um, there have been, at least this year so far, at least three um, foul ball injuries since game, since ballparks went to full capacity. Two of them were at Fenway. One of oh. them was at PNC Park. Wow. Um, those are the ones we know about. A lot of these don't, um, don't get a lot of air time. So the baseball rule is the thing that protects teams against damages when fans are hurt. The baseball rule is not a law. It's a common law. And that means it was decided by courts, right, mm-hmm. um, oh, about 100 years ago. And in fact, one Missouri court decided on two cases which have become the baseball rule. The first one was that the dangers to attending a baseball game are common knowledge. So fans are assuming the risk. Oh, we're assuming risk again twice in, in one episode. Ooh. We're assuming the risk when we buy the tickets. We know it's going to be dangerous. So, you know, that's on us. The next year, that same court said... The teams have a duty of care, that's in quotes, duty of care, to protect fans in the most dangerous dangerous areas of the ballpark. But they don't define what that is. So that came up because, you know, there's always been netting behind home plate, right? right? And I guess in one ballpark, it, it, there was a hole in the netting and a ball oh. got through and hit somebody. And they said, okay, now that's on the team because yeah. that should have been, they should have been protected because it's the most dangerous area of the park. But they didn't really define which of those areas are. So it's been very fuzzy, but it's been precedent. And we do know that the law loves precedent. Well, not so much anymore. A California Court of Appeals says, hey, that rule's outdated. And here's why. Here's Read the list. California. Here's the list of why this rule is outdated. The players are stronger. They hit the ball harder than they did before. But also, we say, oh, the fans need to pay attention. The stadium itself is now actively distracting fans, right? There's music. There's mascots. There's contests. There's Wi-Fi and encouragement to use the ballpark app during games. Right. You're going to order your food on the ballpark yep. app. You're going to vote for what song they're going to play for dance cam on the ballpark app. You're going to do all these things. So they're encouraging you to look at your phone and not pay attention. And also, a lot <laughs> of ballparks have seating a lot closer to the field of play. The foul territory used to be a lot bigger. And now it's not because... We can sell more tickets if we have more seats. And if we have more seats closer to the, to the, the play, yep. we can charge more for those seats. So all of that's happening. The other piece that makes this interesting is that back in 2019, when when um, Rob Manfred said that the team should do things like extend the netting, he was saying the teams need to do more to protect fans, which out loud said that teams have a responsibility for that. And it's not just fans assuming the risk. The teams have a responsibility. And so that baseball rule then became very fuzzy. So expect that baseball rule to um, come under a lot of fire in the near future. On a different tack, Illinois Senator Richard Durbin is really interested in this whole idea of protecting fans and um, having this netting be all the way for everybody to the foul poles and all of that. So he's been writing open letters to newspapers, um, you know, addressing Rob Manfred. He he could have public hearings about the dangers of the ballpark. Um, He has threatened to revoke the antitrust exemption. This comes up a lot. Whenever whenever Congress is mad at MLB, they say, we're going to revoke this. They never do. But 
the threat is there. And my favorite thing is he said about ballparks that haven't finished, haven't extended that netting all the way. He said, if it's engineering, I want to give them a little breathing space. But if it's just folks being defiant, to hell with them. I'm ready to fight them. Hmm. So yay, Dick Durbin, for keeping us safe. Thank you, sir. Wow. Yes. Safety is very important. And now I will transition to the youth, to some of the future of baseball. Because I love today's youths. Yeah, we like these little guys. The Little League World Series is happening right now as we speak. It started August 19th, and it's going to the 29th in good old Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Being covered by both ESPN and some of the key, uh, key games on ABC. So I would love to see those stations uh, pony up next year with baseball for all nationals because we need to see girls playing on the screen. But we are seeing one girl playing in the Little World Series. And this is always like a big, the big news every time there's a first or a second or a third. But now we're on the 20th. So mm-hmm. at, at what point do we start, stop giving numbers? Now, now, she is the only one playing this year. Her name is Ella Bruning. She's playing for Texas. Um, she's a catcher and a pitcher. Abilene, Texas. So she's the 20th, but she's the only one right now. So do we keep... Like, I felt, I felt even weird about putting that number 20 in our show notes because, right. yay, there's another girl playing in the Little League World Series. Why is there only one girl playing right. in the Little League World Series? This, this happens to us all the time when there's a first. It's like, hooray for you and crap. Why now? Why is this right. only this? Right. Yeah. She's been doing well. And shit, I forgot to check on the results from today because they were playing their second game today. Her team won the first game and they've got this, like, the bracket is interesting. They've got, like, the winner bracket on the top and then the sort of, like, how things get reshuffled bracket on the bottom so even if you won your first game you're still in the, Is that the, the, the rep, rep, what was the, oh right what was that vocabulary shit. word from the olympics which i just said it's the loser bracket repishage i think yeah, yeah i think that was it oh look at you pulling it, maybe, out the vocab maybe we need to talk uh, little league world series repishage that's pretty cool yeah so she did really well in her opening game she went two for two and in that she scored the first run of the game and she knocked in the last so you know, that, that's really impressive. And actually, out of those 20, and here we go with numbers again, and I just, I feel very mixed about, exp- I put them down, so I'm just going to say them. She was the seventh out of those 20 girls to get a hit in the series, and the third with multiple hits in a game, and it was her first game. So she's, like, if, you know, the team's at least playing today, if not longer. Uh-huh. So there's there's hope. Like, she could be doing more. So the only other girl that everybody knows the name of is Monet Davis. Mm-hmm. And um, if you uh, now, of course, this is tonight for us, but it will have already passed for you. But if you um, if you watched on ESPN two the um, the Little League Classic game, the MLB game, there's the regular broadcast with A Rod and others from ESPN on regular ESPN. But ESPN two has the kids broadcast. Oh, how cool! Which has some, you know, has young people who are the broadcasters, and it's led by Monet Davis. Wow! So, and there. that's the game that's happening today, right? Yes. Between the Angels yep. and the Guardians. Yes, I hope you watched it. And and the cool thing about it is, you know, that should be the only way that anybody who's not directly connected to Little League is watching it because the game is supposed to be for the families and the the friends of. Of people who are playing in the Little League World Series, not for general public people. And the uniforms are really good. They're uh, really good for for the Angels and the Guardians. Their their Little League uniforms have like their like, cool. their region of the country on them, and they're they're 
well done. That is really awesome. And this, that's only been, I didn't realize it's only been going on since 2017. Yeah. And what I'm super bummed about, though, is last year it was supposed to be the O's and the Red Sox. And it got canceled and it didn't, like, get rescheduled. Yeah, why so. didn't they just get booted this year? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess they get to go to the bottom of the line. But but, the, but maybe Otani can, you know, redeem himself. I kind of kind of feel like he will against the Guardians after the strikeouts yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Gosh, can we still watch some of that? Has it started yet? I haven't even... It's tonight. I think it's tonight. All right. We'll be well, drinking. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll put it in you the You don't need to know that, listeners, but yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> As if we haven't said it already. All right. But for those of you who want to continue to follow the Little League World Series, and I'm sure you do... It's uh, the the they're gonna have a home run derby and the final game on the 29th. So that sounds super fun. I didn't realize that the six, 16 teams that are broken into the two sides of the bracket. There's the Hank Aaron Championship on one side of the bracket and the Tom Seaver nice. on the other side. Nice. These kids are aged 10 to 12. And due to COVID, this year there are no international teams. So that's gonna be a little bit um, of a bummer. Yeah. And zero public attendance. So. Everybody who's there, I think each yeah each team got 250 tickets for friends and family. There are, of course, a few set aside for those high-level supporters or volunteers. Um, and what I kind of went eh, about is their rule on masking is they said that all spectators, regardless of vaccination, will be strongly encouraged to wear a face mask. That doesn't mean anything. When on the complex, especially doesn't indoors. That doesn't yeah. matter. No, that's not okay. Yeah. These are kids, too. Yeah. They're 10 to 12. They're not fucking vaccinated. They can't be vaccinated. Shit. Yeah, pay more attention, people. All right. A couple of uh, quick other internationally linked things to wrap things up. We were talking about the Olympics recently, and I noticed Joe Ryan of the Olympic grade QHAR for the U.S. team, and he's back. And doing stuff, he got his first start in the Twins organization, Triple A St. Paul Saints, and did well. It must be because of the QHAR. He went four innings with nine strikeouts, one hit, which was a solo home run. And the notable part here and the other baseball boyfriend connection is that he upstaged Byron Buxton, which I believe is a past baseball boyfriend of yours, who was coming back from a long injury. His hand had been broken by a pitch in June. Yeah. And so this was his debut coming back, and he didn't do much of his sexy defense because Ryan had things pretty much under control, and he didn't get a hit. He got one sack fly. So Joe Ryan was the man of the hour in the uh, St. Paul Saints game. And now I'll go back international to the other side of the world, CPBL, Taiwanese baseball, which you all know I love and adore. A little bit sad that my Unilions did not pull off the first half championship. I am sorry to hear that. The brothers got it. Little boo. But you know what? That happened last year. And we know how things ended up last year. So the way the CPBL works, folks, is that there are two halves of the season. And if you win the first half, you have an automatic ticket to the Taiwan Series, to the championship. So bros have a ticket. They had it last year. They lost in the end to the Lions. So we'll see how that goes. But I saw a really funny piece on the KBO, the the Korean baseball organization, with our friend Jiho Yu, that Choi Jung of the SSG Landers, who used to be the Wyverns or Wyverns, depending on (laughs) who you talk about, which is who Patty supported last year, he got hit by a pitch for the 288th time of his career. How long has he been playing? I mean, is this like... He's been playing since 2005. So he's been playing a minute, 
But right. the team is Let's calling it a world record because apparently the MLB record, and I did not double check this. I'm just going by Jiho's uh, tweet here. We trust him. Was, of course. He's, he's way more talented than I am in it anyway. Uh, Hall of Famer Huey Jennings was hit by a pitch 287 times from 1891 to 1918. And now Jong has beat that record and world hit by a pitch. Yep. I don't know why. I, I like. I guess I need to look back at some KBO games and it, see what's up there. Is is that like a record you want to be proud right. of? I mean, <laughs> Moneyball, get on base. That's right. Just get on, that's get true. on base. That's true. That's true. Base runners. Everything is about the base runners. Wow. That's that's just a lot of things. Yep. That is just a lot of things. Well, and well, there we go. And um, yeah, here's hoping for a good second half for the CPBL. Yes, I hope. You know, the Lions, I think, were hurt because Teddy Stankiewicz, who was one of our wonderful foreign pitchers, left for Mexico, where he is now. And uh, actually, Mitch Lively from the Brothers, who I talked about being released a couple weeks ago, he's also now playing in Mexico. Thanks, Ollie. So I have to start paying more attention, I think, to what's happening in Mexico. But I'm going to say that's that's what set the Lions back just a little bit. Yeah. But I'm hopeful for the second half. Yeah. So, you know, I've been starting to watch MLB on TV a little bit more. I had kind of been going to some in-person games and not spending as much time watching them on the on – the, do we still say on the air? I don't know. <laughs> I don't sure. know. What, what do the youths say? Sure. But I don't know. But I'm starting to get that. into it a little more because I, I'm getting over my sadness of, you know, play uh, of the trade deadline. Yeah. And I'm kind of having a good time watching the kids play. Yep. And now that I've kind of given up, you know, my team's ever being contenders this season, it's just sort of fun to watch the kids do their thing. So I'm kind of liking baseball again. I, I, I'm not like, I'm not stressed about it like I was. I do feel like I need to turn off my alerts for O's games um, just because they're they're sad. But um, <laughs> but, yeah. but the kids, the kids are having a great time and I like watching that. So I'm just going to try to have fun with baseball, but we're not going to a game in person for a little while. Yeah, it yeah. feels weird. We don't even have the, like, the local Thunderbolts and we don't no. have time for minor league schleps these days. So we're going to just have to wait till our next Nats party outing and your next one is going to be without me because now I get to work some night hours so I miss that fucking game that's just crazy that's just crazy but we hope that you are getting to some games in person or watching some games you like however you can if you're not freaking blacked out Um, (laughs) but in the in-between times feel free to check out some back episodes maybe there's some boyfriends you want to hear our profiles over for instance if you have friends you think might like to hear us talk about baseball please feel free to let them know about no crying in baseball give us a rating or a review if you have a chance to do that and as always please find us on social media Hang out with us on Twitter at NCBI. N- How Wait, do we spell no it again? Crying in baseball. NCIB podcast. You know, I had a really good run of like not fucking that up for months, and here we go. NCIB podcast on Twitter, people. Please let me know that you're there. Facebook and Instagram, no crying in B ball. That's right. And please. Get your vaccine if you haven't. What the heck are you waiting for? Fight the man because it's the right thing to do. And until next week, say good night, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Oh, I don't have a hat. Do you need to get a hat so you'll feel better? Um, I mean, I want you to feel like you're in the zone.